welcome to the Debt Journal Day podcast. My name's Sean. Joining me as always is the one and only Dante Boffer and with a special guest, Kane Pittman from the Pick and Roll. Welcome, guys. Yeah. Good to be here. Thank Thanks you. for having me. <laughs> now, first, Kane, uh, let's just, you know, this is this is strange to Deep 2 NBA podcast listeners. What are we what are we doing with the third voice? Introduce yourself. Oh, well, <laughs> I'm I'm lucky you guys invited me up here. But yeah, I'm a, I'm a basketball writer for the Pick and Roll and a bunch of other places, do some stuff with ESPN and... Uh, I've been in America for the last year, so I got back to Melbourne about two weeks ago. So I've, I was based in Milwaukee, uh, covering the Bucks for last season, which was uh, a lot of fun. That's all right, covering the Bucks every day. Yeah. Is there any chance of going back to Milwaukee next season to watch the Bucks win the championship? <laughs> yeah, there is. It's uh, it's definitely the plan if if everything goes well. So it's just about visa stuff and, and a few other things. But yeah, there's a few opportunities to go back there. It was uh, people are. They're really on board with the Bucks, and they want as much coverage as they can get. So it was mm. uh, it was perfect timing. It's a bit of a swap over that we're looking to do at the moment now because we've had obviously you go over to America and work with the Bucks. But one of the big stories in America over the last couple of years has actually come over to Australia, <laughs> and no longer can we hide away from the Ball family. They're <laughs> going to touch down in Illawarra with Lamelo playing for the Hawks in the NBL in one of the more bizarre twists, I think. Uh, in NBL mm. history over the last couple of years. Uh, and joining him is going to be RJ Hampton for the Breakers over in New Zealand. Uh, what the hell is going on <laughs> where LaMelo Ball is coming to play in the NBL? Yeah, I actually, last week I caught up with some guys from the NBL and we were just talking about that and I was telling them that uh, in that period where they both made those announcements, I mean, I, I think Hampton was on Get Up, I think, yeah. and LaMelo was on the jump. So um, over there in that time when that happened or in the weeks after that happened, I had so many people coming up to me and asking me about the NBL and whether it's actually any good and is it worth watching and how are they going to go uh, in the league. So um, obviously it's going to be an absolute storm here when Lamella's yeah. rolling around Illawarra. <laughs> but I think um, you know over there as well it's going to be good because there's going to be a lot of people watching the NBL uh, in America. Mm. Oh, yeah. yeah, you talk about it's going to be a storm near Aurora, but like for such a flashy player, like his whole family, we know we know about his family. Why didn't he come to Melbourne or Sydney? Why didn't he come to one of the big cities? Yeah, I, I <laughs> so I think, and uh, I spoke to a few people, and I, I think the belief is that Melbourne and Sydney are. are they're such well-run organisations as it is. They're already going to be a title contender. Mm. They probably didn't feel like they needed the the storm of, of Lamello and the family coming in. And I, I think that's probably fair enough because even though they are going to be big names, anytime a young guy skips college and goes to a pro league, they generally don't start. They generally don't play big minutes. So uh, I think for Melbourne and Sydney, they probably thought, well, he's not going to be a... A, a starter for us anyway so mm. is he actually going to make us better this year maybe not um but for a team like illawarra i mean that's uh <laughs> yeah i don't know I've, i haven't been to illawarra but i, I can't imagine it's a neither, it's a, it's a huge I. town so it's, 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 it's actually it's, extremely small so i don't know i don't know what the the uh i don't know what the capacity is for this for the stadium but i'm tipping they're going to make some money i mean they'll definitely make some money but it's going to be <laughs> weird seeing Lamelo go from like the instagram videos at Spire, where he's just throwing down <laughs> yeah. alley-oops against, like, helpless 16-year-olds to actually playing. I mean, like you say, a lot of the young players that come over don't start. Terrence Ferguson came over last year and or two years ago and was kind of, like, the ninth man for the mm. Adelaide 36ers. So, I mean, obviously, is a five-star prospect. He's got NBA talent. But, I mean, yeah, coming into a situation where you're in a small town, you're in a team filled with grown men, professional basketball players, I just feel like it's going to be jarring. 
Yeah, I think so, and that'll be that'll be a big thing that I think people will be looking for with both of those guys. Whether um, it might not necessarily be uh, what you know they're putting in the box score, because I, I think that most scouts or, or most guys that have seen this happen before aren't expecting those two to come in and, and dominate the league because they are eighteen years old, seventeen, eighteen years old, and they're playing against men and, and mm-hmm. guys that have played pro basketball for a long time. So uh, I, I think that. I mean, both guys really are flashy players and I'm sure they're going to have some highlights and people are going to get excited about that. But uh, for them, uh, I think it would be more about being professional and mm. understanding the situation. And if they do that and they contribute and play a role, then I, I, I can't see their draft stock is going to slip at all. Yeah. Well, I mean, going into it, they're two of the more highly rated prospects in the in the, the draft coming up. I think RJ had his, his list narrowed down to like Duke and UNC and a couple others. So obviously he's mm. like cream of the crop at the at the point guard spot. But I just I just feel like with Ferguson coming over, like he's a, an athletic wing, his role was always going to be kind of more like three and D and a bit of energy. Lamelo and RJ are going to make their money as pros, you know, running an offense and kind of being dynamic scoring guards. Mm. What do you think the capacity is in terms of them to like have a have a role like that on a you know like as to reiterate like you know uh, there's 28 year old men on a on a basketball team like this trying to make a living, I don't know how 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 do you think it's going to like mesh with Lamelo needing to kind of like assert that role that he's going to have going forward, but. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they're both going to have the ball in their hands, which I think is going to be uh, interesting for them. Um, uh, obviously, Lamelo is a bit bigger than. Than RJ as well. He's I think he's nearly six seven now, probably still growing. So mm-hmm. he's a big point guard, but uh, that will be the key: how well they can run an offense. And again, I, I don't think it's going to be about points or, or anything like that. It will be you know how do they stand up in a in a professional league. So uh, they're not going to be asked to do a lot. And I will say uh, I've heard pretty reliably that in Illawarra he's not going to be given anything. So he's going to have to earn his minutes, and he's going to have to be. A professional and, and understand that it's not just going to be given to him like it probably has in the past, which mm. is going to be part of the part of the show and uh, to, to see how that plays out. But uh, both guys, I mean, I know I'm going to be watching uh, both of them play, and I, I think most people that are fans of the NBA will be. So just from that point of view in general, if you're New Zealand or you're Illawarra, it's probably a, a, a nice move to make. Mm. Yeah, bums in seats and eyeballs yeah. on screens. I mean, I, I'm definitely going to watch and I'd, you know, wasn't tuning in to see Chance yeah. Ferguson two years ago. Mm-hmm. I probably wasn't even going to tune in, you know, for the majority of the NBL season this year, but it, it does add a bit of panache to, yeah, exactly. to the season coming um, out. I mean, especially for a small market like Illawarra and New Zealand. New Zealand's not exactly a huge market for, you know, yeah, basketball well, either. So. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think with the NBL, when you look at it, the top teams, if, if you have, you look at Melbourne and Sydney and, and Brisbane are looking pretty good. Obviously, Perth are always good. So those two, those sort of big markets are always followed anyway. Um, so I think for New Zealand and Illawarra, this is going to be a nice boost for them. Uh, regardless of, of the results, people are going to tune in and going to come to the games to see these two these two kids. So uh, I, I think it's good for the league and it's obviously good for them to uh, franchise us. Mm. Uh, if, if you guys were a betting, a betting man in your own, <laughs> in yourself, um, like we saw, we saw with Terrence Ferguson, he was projected to go somewhere around mid-lottery and then he slipped a bit. He was a bit late first round. <coughs> um would you say that these guys, like wherever their draft stock is at the moment, I think I checked this morning on draft.net, um, RJ Hampton's supposed to go around 16, but the range could be anywhere in about mid-lottery to early lottery. Mm-hmm. Um, you could, if 12 months from now, when they're getting drafted, or 11 months, uh, do you reckon they'll be higher or lower than they are? 
knowing what we know about Brian Bowen and Terence Ferguson? Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's going to slip a lot unless something really drastic happens in terms of, um, you know, and again, I'm probably more thinking about Lamelo in this instance. If you know professionalism or or yeah. behaviour wise, if something happens then and it, and it's seen that he was he was trouble here, then maybe it'll slip a little bit. But I, I think these guys are both talented. I don't think that you're going to see a huge drop. Uh, I will say that probably the NBL will be hoping there isn't a, a big drop because when you think about potentially other guys making the same move uh, in the future, if it becomes a trend that you come to Australia and your draft stock slips, uh, I don't know how many people are going to be continuing to do that regardless yeah. of, of the money you can make. So mm-hmm. uh, I think it's going to be big for the league if, for these two to, to do well. Yeah, I mean, I hope they do well, but I mm-hmm. just I feel like there's, there's a bit of an ominous history with like not going to college yeah. One one person who we saw a few years ago do it was Darius Baisley, who was supposed to go to Syracuse and was a five star. He ended up taking a ended up taking a <laughs> and it was dubbed as an internship with New Balance, I think it was, for a million dollars. And so he basically just spent one year training and ended up getting taken twenty third by the Thunder. Yeah. But he was another guy who's a five star going in and was gonna go to like a big, you know, big ACC program and twenty third's not necessarily a slip, but it's not like pushing your way into that upper lottery. And then the other guy who we've seen do it recently was Emmanuel Moudier, mm. who went and played in China and then got taken quite high. I think the Nuggets took him like eighth, but mm. obviously he's been, <laughs> Hasn't worked out. he's been an abject failure as an NBA player. So I, I, there's not there's not like a lot of history. I think you'd have to be betting on like the supreme talent of both of these two players to kind of shine through, which I mean, obviously, again, like you, you see, I personally haven't seen RJ play very much. It's mainly just like mixed taste, but Lamelo is in the public eye. You've seen him, you know he's good. Like you said, he's six seven, still growing, like a mm. ridiculously long wingspan. Projects mm. as someone who can feasibly defend like one through three, yeah. which is hopefully going to earn him minutes, you know, right away. And if he can, you know, create his shot and run the offense, I mean, you're looking at, you know, all of the all of the skills you'd need to force your way into the upper lottery. But I just I think it'll yeah, there's a lot that will depend on sort of what happens off the court. Yeah, I think mm. so. It's just, it's an unknown. I think that's the big thing. And you talk about guys that have done it in the past. Uh, there's such a heavy bias to college players and such a long track record of knowing how that can most of the time translate. Guys coming to Australia or playing overseas, it's more of a mixed bag. Um, uh, I know Brandon Jennings was another guy that went you know, 10th to Milwaukee and out of the league now, 27 mm. years old, 28 years old. So He scored 55 in a game, yeah, he so scored it doesn't 55 matter. He peaked early. You know, <laughs> that was about a week into his career, so he peaked early, but hey. Still a fan favorite in Milwaukee, but yeah, I think that that is the big challenge. It's 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 a risk for um, you know NBA teams to still take these guys high. But I think you know if you're talking late in the fir- mid to late first round, it's a bit of a mixed bag anyway. So yeah. that's why I don't think the stock is going to slip that far because I think people will take a, a, a gamble on what they know or what they've seen to this point. Yeah, there will definitely be some. I mean, you've seen Siakam Antetokounmpo go like sort of mid to late and kind of blossom after a few seasons. So there's definitely a track record of those less polished and less known players. So, I mean, yeah, I think you're right. Someone will take a flyer on them. But, yeah, it'll be be interesting to see either way. Yeah. Mm. Um, Yeah. They're going to be, yeah, like a big ticket item for the NBA, I think, obviously, to put a lot of, a lot of butts sure. in seats. So, um, Might even be worth a flight up there for a weekend. <laughs> like, I had no aspiration to go to Illawarra before this, but go up, buy, buy a Mellow jersey, <laughs> drop, drop 50 bucks. The Illawarra, Illawarra Tourism Board is just like doing cartwheels. <laughs> well, right actually, now. my mate's writing an article at the moment on exactly that because they literally are pumping in money for tourism because they're expecting people to come up, they're expecting 
heaps of people, so chuck money in it. It's great. And also for the Illawarra Hawks Instagram at the moment, um, I know when Mello signed with when, when he first signed with them, the Hawks had 18,000 followers on Instagram and Mello had 4.5 million. And now um, the Hawks are up to 36,000. Not, not that that's the be all, all and be all yeah, and end all of popularity, but it's it doesn't dub, He's doubled yeah. them up. Yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned before, Kane, the four big markets and sort of like the, always the strongest teams, the people, you know, Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane, and Perth are always pumping out like local talent and they're also always in the market for you know, the big imports. You've seen a couple of really big names come through Sydney and Melbourne in the last couple of years. There is a new team on the horizon, the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix, I believe it is, led by uh, G League alum Mitch Creek and almost nobody else who <laughs> carries any name recognition. Uh, it seems like it's flown under the radar a bit. What can you tell us about yeah, their they, debut? They got a they got a bunch of bunch of young guys, and and uh, obviously Mitch Creek was a was a huge signing for them, and I think. Yeah, you know, for a new franchise, you needed a name that people would recognise, and and he's done some really good stuff in America and um, over the last twelve or so months. But before that, uh, really a star of, of the NBL, so he's really well known back uh, back here. So uh, I think for them, it was really important, and it was up in the air for a little bit. If he could have got something in the NBA, then he was obviously going to play there. And then I'm not sure, yeah, you know, what momentum they have coming into the season. But it's big for them that they'll have Creek, but. I actually was just listening to Tommy Greer speak on the radio about the Phoenix, and he said that they're getting uh, a lot of members and people are signing up early. I, I think that Melbourne is big enough to have two teams, but I think that they need to be patient and build it slowly because uh, we've seen before teams come in and and uh, you know exit the NBL pretty quickly. So I think you know that the league is run uh, more professionally this time, and it, it's. You know they're doing a great job, but uh, I think to have a rivalry in Melbourne is always good. Mm. Uh, and I think the I think they're calling it the Throwdown. I heard <laughs> the Throwdown is like the new name for the rivalry. They're going to uh, tip off the season, so uh, it'll be interesting. It's always going to be tough. I wouldn't think that they would have, or I don't think you should have huge expectations for them in season one. I just think there's so there's going to be so many things going on with that franchise trying to figure out uh, mm. what they're doing. I mean, this has happened really quickly within a year and mm. now they're going to be playing. So it's exciting, uh, but I think it's probably going to be something that's going to build over over four or five years' time. Yeah, mm. well, it's it's interesting to see Tommy Greer leading the charge with the the new team, obviously. You know, the other team in the throwdown is Tommy Greer's. Tommy Greer was there with you know Melbourne right. for years and years and years. I can't, yeah, I, I mean, I grew up going to those games and watching Tommy Greer, like, you know, box out and grab a rebound and take it down the floor, lay it in. Um, it's, you know, I, I don't, obviously don't know him. He doesn't have a huge track record of decision-making, but it seems like someone who kind of knows Melbourne, knows Melbourne basketball, doesn't seem like a terrible person to have as the spearhead of your operation. Still right. still talking on uh, on Mitch Creek, um, who is a name on the Boomers coming up with the FIBA World Cup. Um, and I did a little bit of maths, a bit of homework before this, and I realised that if Australia wins both their um, their groupings um, and in the top seed with both of them, we've actually got a chance to meet America in the grand final game, which is something I've been dreaming of for a while because I can't wait to see like Paddy Mills against Darren Fox. And I can't wait to go to the exhibition games in yeah. August. Actually, that's, fuck, that's soon. can't wait to go to the exhibition games and just see... Julius Randle, you know, all the big names. Kyle Larry, <laughs> Kyle Larry with one thumb, PJ Tucker, glue guy. I think I saw a picture of Thaddeus Young somewhere as well. 
Yeah, uh, Mason Plumley's in the squad. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they are. It's been probably a little bit disappointing, I would say, for people that, that didn't expect it. Um, I think I did kind of expect it, only because <laughs> yeah. I, what I've said is that, uh, you know, you got the World Cup leading directly into the NBA season. And as soon as the NBA season finishes, uh, the Olympics are here. And probably um, for a lot of those guys, asking them to say, well, yeah, we want you to give up two off-seasons in a row uh, was never really going to fly. So mm. I think that the, all the top guys, if they have a choice between playing the World Cup or the Olympics, they're going to play in the Olympics. So, And then today we saw Canada. has. Mm. I mean, they've, they, they had a 29-man squad with 20 NBA players and only four of them are actually playing in the World Cup. So... Mm. Which is good for Australia because yeah. they, they play Canada in the, in in their group. So, yeah, and a lot of big names missing, but it's it's going to be competitive, I think. Yeah, well, I mean, we're running in a group with Senegal, Canada, and Lithuania. So you're looking at basically the best three NBA players outside of our squad is yeah. Valentunas on Lithuania, and then <laughs> which uh, is pretty good in international I mean, yeah, basketball. I mean, I mean, we were talking before like J, JV is pretty much like the epitome of what you want as a FIBA big man, yeah. like someone who's just going to bully smaller players to the basket, but. You know, in Canada, it's it, the best players is Corey Joseph and Kelly Olynyk. Like, mm. you know, I don't want to sound like a homer, but I think we've you know, comfortably got a better squad rolling in than they do. We've got sort of six or seven NBA players on our on our team, and you know, someone like Mitch Creek who's got a you know, like, you know, played sort of G League and summer league stuff over there, and you know, good local career. So, mm. yeah, got to be feeling good. And Sean Sean crunched the numbers and did the bracket <laughs> and found out that you know, uh, if things go our way, we're not going to be you know meeting the USA until the title game so but then i talked myself into being scared of like serbia and Jokic, and then it's oh there's rudy gobert about to be three-time defensive player of the year and nba champion and yeah where's grace Giannis is playing actually, where's, where's, he in the, where's he in the mix he's i think be... i think the question is who's he playing with yeah his <laughs> whole he's... family his whole family <laughs> yeah. that's yeah, all, a, all these brothers but all the antetokun bros yeah <laughs> it's gonna be fun though like you said i i think now when you look at the names that are playing and the guys that aren't playing Australia's team stacks up pretty mm. well, and even that without obviously Simmons and and Brockoff and and Thon and um, these guys, they still, I mean, that starting lineup. And the big thing is they've played together. Like mm. you think about the last Olympics, the last World Cup with Daly Mills, Bogut, Ingles. These guys, they they know how each other play, and I think that's going to be uh, that's going to be a positive. Mm. Yeah, I mean, might have the best perimeter defender in the whole tournament in Joe Ingles. Yeah, I mean, he and these guys are suited to like the FIBA basketball, mm. uh, particularly Dalian and Mills. They're actually yeah. better uh, yeah. in these tournaments. They can play together, obviously shoot the ball well. So, well, I think before Mello Olympic Mello caught fire a couple of years ago, <laughs> Mills like Mills was the record holder for most points in an Olympic game. Yeah, mm. he was going off. Yeah, last time. so it's, it's gonna be yeah, it's it should be fun. I know they're excited. I was at practice yesterday with those guys and. Uh, yeah, they're, they're fired up. They're ready to go. That they're taking a, it pretty seriously. That's yeah. a name drop and a half. I love that. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> Just, well, I was at training. Yeah, yesterday. I, was, I was there hanging out with the guys. Caught up with Dally. Been a while. <laughs> you know what I love? Just a quick aside. Mm. I absolutely loved seeing a photo of Ben Simmons, Paddy Mills, and Anthony McDonald tipping Woody at the footy the other day. Yeah. 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 He Fantastic. Had, he had a big day, Ben Simmons. That day. I think he had some like function with Adam Goods that night as well. So he just... Practice in the morning, went straight to the footy, then some other function. I'm amazed that his head didn't fall off from the size of the chain that he was wearing. Man, <laughs> yeah, he's living a he's living a good life at the moment. Yeah, well, I mean, 170 million bucks will do it to you. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And he's just lost the Kardashian curse, which is brilliant. Did they? I didn't see that. I don't. I don't follow that stuff. Yeah. If they broke up, did they? Or? Yeah. They they, I, I only follow um, when Kardashians with NBA players because it it literally has a scientific impact on their play. It's crazy. <laughs> 
Yeah, you reckon he's going to be shooting threes now? Uh, he'll be better than he was last year. We'll show improvement. I've seen some videos <laughs> of him splashing pull-up threes. Yeah. Well, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to talk myself into it. But I love off-season workout videos. <laughs> Everyone what, looks mm. so good. Yeah, that's what I love about Jokic because last off-season he was just like pushing tires, pushing like truck tires in yeah. a farm, and I'm like, oh, you mad? That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> the ultimate workout video is like versus the chair. It's right. <laughs> like baby push shots from the block versus the chair. Yeah. Oh, he got him. The Embiid shot. Yeah, the Embiid shot. And I just remember like like Joe Chi when he was coming into the NBA had like a workout where he was just like splashing threes in front of like a fold out black chair. And it's just like <laughs> sick. Mm. Good yeah. stuff. Yeah, they are. Uh, yeah. Everyone, you know, they look good in, in August, in these August videos. And then not much changes. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if J. Cole is going to get a run out in the NBA this season because there was a video that came out of him playing pickup game with like. Donovan Mitchell and a few others. Devin Booker was on the court and like Jay Cole was just running good. through. Yeah, he ran through and he's just like cutting to the rim, you know. I mean, he's no Kevin Hart in the All Star game, but yeah, he dunked. <laughs> he dunked at the dunk contest, Jay Cole. Yeah, or got, maybe he missed. Maybe he missed the dunk. Actually, he got up know. though. He yeah, got up. That's a lot better than me, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I don't watch dunk contests anymore. It's a religious choice by me. Yeah, yeah, you didn't, you didn't miss much. You did not miss much. <laughs> Thanks for updating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it has gone downhill a little bit. Um, I wanted to get your thoughts sort of, we, we've kind of touched on it. Obviously there's, you know, our team's kind of like loaded with NBA players. So there's a lot of Aussies that are going to be in interesting spots coming out this year. Um, both with the established players. So obviously Simmons has been maxed out by the Sixers and is, you know, you, you know, looking at, I think they're, we're, you know, we're going to get to it later on, but the over-unders for the, the Sixers are 54 and a half. So they're expected to sort of be like a, you know, a, a top two or three seed in the East and be pushing again for you know, some big playoff moments. So Simmons is looking big. Pat Mills always, you know, a threat with the with the Spurs. And then you've got um, Exum and Ingles with the Jazz. So there's a couple of Aussies that you could be seeing sort of late into the season in big spots. But then there's also, you know, you mentioned broke off before, um, a couple that are sort of like fighting for the roster spots. So I just wanted to get your thoughts sort of on anyone that you're you're looking out for coming up. Yeah, I, I love uh, Brockoff. I, I think he is an NBA player. Um, I think Dallas like him as well. Um, there was certainly some surprise from talking to people that were in Dallas and covering the Mavericks. They were really surprised that he wasn't playing more because every time he got a chance, he'd come in, he'd knock down a couple threes. He's a good defender. Uh, he's got really good size as well. He's like that six 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 seven um, also. So I think the Mavs really like him. Um, I think Dallas is going to be pretty good this year, particularly if you know, Pazingas can come back and be healthy. So I think having a guy uh, that can shoot the three and defend, much like Ingles, really. I mean, they're, they're pretty similar players and, mm-hmm. and both started their career late. So I think Brockoff's definitely a guy um, that can that can play a real role for Dallas because they're going to be a team that's going to have a lot of opportunities. They're, they're pretty young mm-hmm. and uh, not like, you know, Utah where they're already established. I think yeah. the Mavs are going to be looking for guys. So Brockoff... Is definitely a guy that I would look out for, and and the other one, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Baines. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> like, I really don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, um, I've got some thoughts on that. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't think I would be very surprised if he finishes the season uh, in Phoenix. I'd almost be surprised if he starts it in Phoenix. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense, um, particularly with. You know, the, the, the fact that um, you know, originally when you go back, he gave up some money in Detroit to play for a good team. 
wanted to re-signed in Boston and then, and then gets traded. So I, I or or picked up his option and mm-hmm. and, and then uh, stayed in Boston and got traded. So I don't think he's going to want to hang around a team that's not going to be winning games. So I think they might come to some sort of agreement and then hopefully he gets on the contender as well. Yeah, well, it's not a big contract. I think his options for five million. So yeah. if if it does get late into the season, the Suns could look to buy him out, and obviously that'd be mutually beneficial. Um, I'm a Suns fan, so I've got a lot. <laughs> oh, of, I've got right, a lot of thoughts. Right, right. On, a lot of thoughts on that. But uh, you know, yeah, I mean, he's kind of the ideal backup center for a lot of teams. Yeah. Um, you know, he he's quite smart. He's obviously quite big. Barely, he can grab rebounds, but he also just has you know a nifty way of popping up, you know, with an offensive rebound and put back or a mid-range jump shot. So for a contending team, I mean, we saw his value in Boston, you know, mm-hmm. kind of um, spelling Horford. You know, you, you, he's kind of like a, like a poor man's Horford in that you can actually kind of give him the ball on the elbow and you know run cutters off him and stuff. So it would be good to see him making some noise later on in the season, but. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah, it's all in the hands of James Jones, which is not something that you really feel comfortable saying. Mm. So it might be an interesting season for old Aaron. Yeah, he's he's always you know obviously had a couple of years there in Detroit, but he's always been on good teams um, and always contributed. So uh, yeah, I mean, now that I know you're a Suns fan, <laughs> I, I feel a bit I, bad. Yeah, I feel a bit bad saying this, but yeah, you would like to see him on on a good team because he is a guy that has done some good stuff uh, in, in the playoffs and. You know, improved the three-point shot a little bit, which has probably helped him stay, uh, you know, in the game, particularly for Boston. If you can't shoot threes now, mm. uh, you, you, you're not really playing. Uh, you mentioned him there a bit, but Dante Exum, and I've said various times in this podcast, I honestly think Utah are going to win the title next season. I'm not a Utah fan myself, but um, I think a couple of seasons ago when Utah were playing Houston in the playoffs and Dante, like, he, he looked great guarding James Harden, which not many people do. Um, is there, like, what what are your thoughts on this season coming up and he's, if he's gonna have a role? He just has to stay healthy. They yeah. love him. Like they, I, again, like any time I've spoke to anyone with Utah, they like will not stop talking about him. Because like, mm. really, when you think like the contract he signed, uh, that was a lot of faith in a guy that hasn't stayed healthy and hasn't played. I mean, there would have been someone else that would have picked him up, but probably not for that money. I mean, he got a pretty big contract so they really really like him he just has to stay healthy mm. I, I think if he is he's going to play um because obviously again and now we've said about a few guys but he's a really big guard like he's tall uh long um and and defends really well um doesn't shoot the ball as well you know that's going to be something that's going to uh, get better over time but yeah he's he's a smart smart uh offensive player makes the right plays and surprisingly still very athletic given all the injuries he's yeah. had. So yeah, but there has to be a point where he has to stay healthy. I don't know how many more, you know, major Chances injuries he can have. Yeah. Yeah, yeah cuz he was the 2015 draft, wasn't he? Yeah, I and he, I think he was like pick 4. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He so, was in the draft with um Wiggins and Parker, I think. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, he's I mean, he's coming up on you know, 4 or 5 years and and he, you know, obviously he's flashed a little bit and when he has been on the court you know, in the last couple of years, he's looked really good. But I mean, yeah, you, you, you touch on it there. He's, you know, missed probably, probably he's missed half of his games in his career. He's just had some devastating injuries. So mm-hmm. you hope to see him get back. And I think, I think Utah's a good spot for him because you've got Mitchell and you've got Conley. So, uh, you know, he's obviously quite bigger than those two. So he can cover for them on defense and guard that kind of, kind of a bigger guard. And then on offense, he doesn't have to, you know, if he's with the second unit, you can kind of stagger it. So one of those two is on the floor with him. And then he doesn't have to worry about, you know, being that knockdown shooter and, and you know, 
initiating the pick and roll and stuff, he can kind of pick his spots a bit more and you know use his his nous and his smarts to cut and sort of get open. Yeah, I mean they run such good offense, Utah. When you, you know, team basketball, they're as good as anyone, they're as good as the Spurs like back in the day. So yeah, he's in a really good spot in Utah. I don't think they maybe if he was somewhere else, it wouldn't have worked out this way. But yeah, just in terms of, I, I think that he's got so much talent that he's going to be a guy that teams will take a chance on anyway even if it doesn't work out in utah but it's certainly not going to be for the you know, 12 million a year or whatever he's on now he's not going to get a deal like that again unless he can he can prove that he can play more than mm. you know, 40 games or whatever he has like, yeah and it's been a lot I, I, don't, I don't think like the injuries have been unlucky i yeah. think more than anything i don't think you know well, i mean he said what's he had shoulder he's had knee he's had i mean he's had everything so yeah yeah it's a big year for him yeah. What about a guy like Thon Maker? Did you get a chance to spend some time around him last year before he got shipped off to Detroit? Yeah, I was. I spent more time with Thon than than anyone else. Um, yeah, he's, he was just he was always so generous with his time and, and such a nice guy, and works hard. Works harder than you know. It, I mean, Giannis works by far the hardest. At, at Milwaukee is an absolute maniac, but mm. Thon was like very close behind. He was always the first one in, last one to leave. Always asking for advice, talking to Giannis. Them two were super close. So. Um, he's works really hard. It's going to be a matter of whether it can click. And I actually thought um, leaving Milwaukee was not the best thing for him, just mm. because uh, the the Bucks coaching staff had such a great history of developing players. And I thought that when he was getting his chance, he was he was showing good signs and playing really well. But obviously, he's been in the league a few times now, and he knows that he's coming up for a contract. At the end of this season, so he probably or end of next season, so he probably was a little bit impatient and maybe got some advice that mm. he might want to be playing. But I don't know whether playing for a pretty ordinary Pistons team was the best thing for him because he ended up coming up against the Bucks in the playoffs anyway, and he had Giannis dunking all over him, you know, got, for, for got, four games, yeah, you know, he got so absolutely victimized. And, yeah, and that, and that that's the problem. Then he was put in a situation where he was probably asked to do too much. Um, that wasn't the case in Milwaukee, but. Uh, I think from what he said, he's not playing for Australia because he was working on things in Detroit and, and staying with those guys. So, you know, hopefully that, that works out for him. He's definitely going to play. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's going to get minutes in Detroit, which is, which is what he wanted, which is good. Yeah. It'll just be on Dwayne Casey to kind of promote that growth that we've seen, that we want to see from him. Yeah, I mean, it was funny because Dwayne Casey was always the coach uh, of the Raptors and Thon routinely for whatever reason they would call him uh toronto thon <laughs> because every time he played against the raptors he would destroy them in the playoffs uh that back in his rookie season uh he, he killed the raptors and, and did it every single time they played and then uh, the one team that, that traded for him was Dwayne casey so you know we we all sort of joked about that that he <laughs> you know he might think that that's you know him every single night but <laughs> Yeah, he, he came into the league super, super raw. So, yeah. you know, he was always going to take time and maybe it was unfair, um, the expectations when the Bucks take him number 10. Yeah. Is he, I mean, is he even 22? Is he 22 or 23? Yeah, he's 22 now. Yeah, I mean... So he's super young. Yeah, if a guy yeah. like Dragon Bender is going to get, Ooh. who's shown legitimately, <laughs> shown legitimately nothing, Dragon Bender, I think he's, I think he was signed to the Hawks. So two-year deal... In Milwaukee. It was in Milwaukee. Okay, it was yeah. in Milwaukee. If, if a guy like Bender's going to get signed after doing nothing in the NBA, Thon's at least shown, uh, you know, flashes that he should be okay to get a second contract. Yeah, Thon's changed playoff games. He's won playoff games 
himself. Yeah. And, you know, to be able to do that. And he's always proved, he's always played his best, actually, in big games and, and big moments, which is a good sign. But I think in Milwaukee, it was almost a little bit unfair that the year before or two years before they signed him being a really raw, tall prospect, they signed Giannis. And then people were like, okay, well, Giannis is done. Like, why aren't you, like, progressing like Giannis? And it's like, because Giannis is once-in-a-lifetime player. That's <laughs> yeah. You know? I mean, yeah, that's, yeah, the, yeah. that's the difference. So I think in some ways he's been unfairly judged. Yeah. Yeah. Those two were good friends, weren't they? I remember seeing them oh, after yeah. the, the game, that you know, after the games that Giannis dunked on him, like, 11 times. <laughs> after the game, they're, like, daffing up and, you know. Yeah, they were, yeah, they were, they were best friends in Milwaukee. They were always, their locker was right next to each other and, um, they hung out with each other, you know, in between games. They practiced before the games, after the game, and uh, and uh, and worked out together in in um, during the off season. So I, I would guess that now that hasn't happened this year. But yeah, they they were they were really close. I know Giannis was Giannis was generally sad that day when Thunder yeah. got traded. So um, yeah, they were they were they were really close. Mm. Uh, just final question here. Um, as we said a little bit before, FIBA's coming up. Uh, who is your official pick to win the win the whole lot? <laughs> wow, I mean, I, I think it's still, I think it is still uh, Team USA, but uh, I think they're beatable. They're a lot beatable than they were two months ago. Mm. So um, I, I think the thing that gets lost is that yeah, um, you know, they're not bringing any of their number one stars, but their team is still full of NBA players, and there's no other you know country that has that. Mm. So there's no Thaddeus Young, like fifth man off the bench, just who's no, just going to lock you down. Yeah. That's that's the difference, and I, I think sometimes people are too quick to say, oh well, they don't have you know James Harden, all these guys aren't playing well, they're not going to be very good, they're beatable. Mm. It's like okay, well sure, but you know their their last player on the roster is still an eight year NBA vet <laughs> that you know starts yeah. NBA games. I mean, so that's that's the difference. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think they're beatable, certainly in a one-off game. And as you said, if, if it does get to the point where Australia roll through and get to the final, I, I mean, I don't see why they can't they can't win at all. But mm. there's a lot of good teams out there now. You touched on, on some of them with, with Serbia, and obviously Greece is going to be good with Giannis and Turkey. as a, a bunch of NBA players, I'm sure. Uh, Kanner isn't playing for Turkey, but... <laughs> I, but yeah, there's so probably for the best. Yeah, personally, <laughs> I, th I think so. But yeah, so th there's a there there is a, a it's definitely getting closer. I think the gap is getting closer, but unless you know, U USA had their best team on the floor. But, yeah, I mean, yeah. like like you say, there's like a, a a temptation to say, well, you know, like they're not bringing their eight best players. Like you know, maybe the gap has closed more than we think. But then when you're you know, trying to you know run around and pick and roll and it's Marcus Smart guarding you and yeah. you're, you know, like a 6'2 Spanish man. Like, it's it's going to be tough for you. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. I, that's that's the thing. Like, you, we laugh and say, oh, man, this, this squad sucks that's coming out here. This is funny. We're talking, oh, well, we, you know, whatever. If, if people pay $250 and they're going to see Mason Plumlee playing, you know, it sucks. But that team is still very good and he is really in the context of FIBA basketball, he's a very good player. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. it's, it's I, for me, I, they, I, I still can't pick anyone but them, but they are beatable for sure. Yeah, cool. Well, <laughs> I mean, thank you so much for coming in, Kane. I think that wraps us up. Thank yeah. you very much for your time. And just where can we find your stuff in the future? Where, what's, what's next for Kane? Yeah, most of, I mean, um, I am doing some stuff for the NBL now, so the, that will be something to look out for. I am doing all the uh, FIBA stuff for uh, the Bucks. I'm doing all the stuff for Milwaukee. So 
I'll be at the the games in Melbourne doing that sort of stuff. But yeah, mostly Twitter. So it's just my name at Kane Pittman. You can you can find me there, and that's where most of my stuff is, and bad jokes and lots of other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, thanks again, Kane. Yeah, thank you.